This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com, here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If this is your first time listening in to Mortgage Lending Mastery, I hope that you decide that you want to listen to all of the other podcasts that we have because our goal here is to take your business to heights you never thought imaginable. Uh, Today, I am delighted to uh, welcome my guest, Tara Carter, who is with Keller Williams down in Florida. And she's going to tell us specifically where she's at because I can't remember exactly where it is, but she's in the beautiful part of Florida. And she's a real estate agent with Keller Williams. And um, I had the wonderful opportunity of watching her and listening to her at a panel um, at Mastermind in Las Vegas um, same day I was speaking on a panel right behind her. So it was, it was great to hear more about her. And I thought, gosh, she's perfect for us to have on our show. So Tara, Welcome to Mortgage Lending Mastery, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So what, uh, let's get started with you telling us a little bit about you as an individual. Um, we, we know what you do. Tell us who you are. Well, I'm actually located in the southeast Florida area, which would be pretty much all of South Florida, the Fort Lauderdale, uh, Miami Beach, West Palm Beach area. Uh, I am born and raised here. And I have been in the hospitality business for quite a long time. Um, I did grow up in the real estate business, so I'm super passionate about it. Kind of never wanted to get into it because I see, I always saw how fun and fascinating it could be. (laughs) Um, And then recently I actually had somebody who is a well-known agent. Um, He actually owns the agency. I have to owe much of my reason of getting into this business to him for asking me a simple question, which was, why aren't you selling real estate? And my response was, I don't want to do that. My mom does that. Right. Um, And then I woke up the next day and saw Yeah. And then I woke up the next day and I said, wow, that was, that was really stupid. Um, And I kind of took the leap of faith and ended up landing a $90 million new construction project and left my career of 10 years and took the week paid vacation for the week real estate school and kind of went from there. That's awesome. And how long ago was that so that everyone has a little perspective? That would be two and a half years ago. Right. Great. So what a crazy time to be joining the real estate industry. All these changes with compliance and things like, you know, all, all of the things that we're dealing with on this side. So tell us how that transition was. I mean, did you regret it at first or did you say, you know, hey, this is really good. Were you able to take experience and, and move along very quickly? Tell us a little bit about that. I think it was a little bit different in my situation because I was actually selling new construction. So I was more on the commercial side. So I wasn't necessarily having to deal with the compliance issues or the things that I'm aware of now, especially 
um, it was more of I had 22 units to sell starting at 2 million, between 2 million and 10 million. So it was my focus to go around to all the high-end brokerages in the tri-county area and sell this mega product to top agents when I've never sold a house before in my life. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so did you, lean, did you lean on your parents a lot on, on their expertise on suggestions on what to do and not to do and mistakes to make? And I think I leaned on them for, one, a little bit of their connections of anybody that they connect me to and also for my mom's um, public speaking background. Uh, and other than that, I really leaned on the resources that I had built over the years running successful hospitality venues um, off of Los Olas Boulevard for many years, and also from the developer, the Bedzo family. Um, he would literally drill me for hours before I could even go out there and sell a product. That's awesome. So you got the, you had the, did not have the horse before the cart, no. right? You made sure <laughs> that, that you were right going out the very first time, right? And I think that's really important <laughs> too, because I think, you know, especially in lending, you know, a lot of companies, at least in old, you know, I should, old days being like, like 10 years ago, um, you know, it used to be that, you know, here, just go, go out and be a loan officer. And now that can't happen, but you know, there's still lack of sales training. I find really across the board, um, both with lenders and with realtors. So I think that probably is a definite benefit for you as well. Yeah, agreed. And I think a lot of it really just comes down to common sense. Um, and I feel if, if, you, if you lack that, it could be definitely difficult to just kind of jump in. And then also um, just being aware of what's going on and just having basic hospitality um, standards. You know, how do you greet people? How do you communicate with people? You know, and um, and just having relationships. I think if you start there, it usually flows in there, no matter what what career it is. Oh, I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. So now, tell us about your volume right now. So you've been in the business for two and a half years. Tell us about you know what are you doing? What type of you know business are you closing? And you know, do you have a team? Yeah, so we do have a team. Where, uh, it's just uh, four of us currently, and about twenty million volume. Um, just under 100 units, and we're hoping to at least hit 30 would be the goal for this year. And our average per month is we strive to at least do um, minimum a million dollars a month. Right. Okay. And are you doing um, a lot? What's your percentage of listing versus buy side? It kind of fluctuates. Um, I would say that majority of a team is doing listings versus buyers. Me, individually, I have been doing more buyers than listings. I just okay. can't seem to get rid of these buyers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I <laughs> genuinely love helping them. So yeah. it goes hand in hand. That's, that's great. So, you know, here you are only two and a half years in, and I, I know people that have been in for 20 years that aren't doing your volume. You know, what, what are some of the the keys, you know, to your success or the, you know, what was the tipping point? Did you hit this ground running or, um, you know, since you had, you had a development that you were able to sell, did it sort of springboard from there and it's just kept going because you have a process in place or did that sort of die off and you go, uh oh, so give us, give us some, um, background on how you made this happen. How did this all come together? It's a great question. I would say that the tipping point in the business would have been two and a half months after landing that $90 million project. Um, the developers decided to sell the land and he decided he was not going to build anymore. So I had just quit my career of many years oh, and took the leap of faith. And now he says, well, I'm not going to build anymore. 
So naturally, it was to decide, okay, well, do I want to go back into managing hospitality, you know, venues, or do I want to go back to um, joining my family's business that's been, you know, 32 years in the making and has been very successful. Um, And I think I just kind of did one of those balance sheets with a good old-fashioned pen and paper and wrote down the pros and cons of both. (laughs) And I thought it would be very silly for me to not utilize the database that I have worked so hard to have and also take advantage of my family's database um, and just kind of take their knowledge and, and what better business to be in than with your family. Right. Well, and I agree with you. I mean, I think some people may disagree with us, but there's something about being in business with your family. It's just awesome because, as you know, my husband, you know, is on my team as well. So, so you had this database that you had accumulated from your previous job. What did you do with the database that makes it different? Because everyone has a database, but not everybody yeah. gets something from the database. I would say at least connecting with them um, and really coming from contribution. You know, I think so many of us get so caught up in, in looking at a database and, and saying, well, we don't really have one or we're too fearful to call them or to reach out to them. And my perspective wasn't necessarily to call them and, and scream down their throats like I'm a car salesman and say, hey, I'm a real estate agent, so who do you know that's looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate? And, and I didn't really take that approach. I think I've taken more of an approach to say, how are you doing? And what, is there any need that you have in your business currently that I can help you with? And kind of just coming from contribution and, and just simply asking somebody, how is business? Nine out of 10 times, they're going to turn around and ask you, how is business as well? And that was the opportunity for me to jump in and let them know what I was doing. So that's an that interesting take on that. Is that because you're, you had worked so pro- much in um, commercial at the time that you were asking them about their business as opposed to how's the family? No, I think that that really just came from, one, building, having relationships with with the people that I was already in connection with because the majority of the time it's always asking about them. And then I think that a lot of that came from being in Michael Mayer's coaching mm-hmm. and just the whole law of um, reciprocity. Yeah. Yes, correct. And giving. Yeah, the generation, the, the gen gen. <laughs> Generosity generation. The gen gen. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay, so that's that sounds good. So that's how you get kind of got started. You called everybody, started asking, and they're saying, "How's your business?" And you say, oh, "Funny thing, I'm now a real estate agent." Um, so where did it go from there? Because I can I can imagine people could make that phone call. I think beyond that, they start getting a little afraid. <laughs> yes, and I would usually make a joke out of it. You know, especially here in, in Broward County specifically. We have 60,000 agents, um, a little bit over 60,000 agents alone. So it's kind of more of where is your real estate license rather than where is your driver's license. Uh-huh. Um, and letting them know, you know, the average agent sells, you know, one to four homes a year. And we actually saw a little bit over 80. So if there's anyone that you know that is looking, I would love the opportunity to, if you could think of me, or is there anyone that you do know right now? And kind of leading into that, depending on how the conversation would go. Okay. Um, And the other item that I really loved was the networking stacks. Um, Typically on Thursdays, doing the lunch and then two coffees back to back. Right, right, stacking up. So let's talk about that because I want to make sure not everybody's read Michael's book. 
<laughs> so what we're okay. talking about is Michael J. Mayer, um, who wrote The Seven Levels of Communication, which of course I've talked about in previous podcasts as well, because uh, Michael and I are friends. He's writing, or has written the foreword for my book. And um, so I think it would be nice for them to hear from you, the stacking, because I've already addressed it in a previous podcast. So tell us how you structure your, stra your stacking meetings, your networking stacking. Well, one, congratulations on your book. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to get a copy of that. Right. <laughs> and um, I would say that the networking stacks would, Thursdays would be the theme for my day is the social day. And I go to the place, which is obviously the place that I've managed for a long time. Therefore, when I walk in, you know, the host is so my name, the servers, the managers, um, the busters, the barbacks. So when I'm sitting, I would usually connect with somebody, let's say a lender that I wanted to or wanted to meet with me, and we would go to the lunch spot, and it would typically be on, it would be on the list, typically about 12 o'clock, right when that lunch rush is, when all the business professionals are down. And it's a great accountability, or I would, I would say you know, accountability would be the right word, but having, sitting down and somebody that you don't know or doesn't know you, that you're trying to earn their business or they're trying to earn yours, and the other people that are there are giving you that credibility. That's the word I was looking for. Right. That are coming right. up and saying, hi, Tara. Oh, my gosh, how are you doing? Oh, it's yeah. Tara. And it just gives me, it just solidifies, like solidifies exactly what, who, who I am as a person and what integrity I have um, awesome. in my reputation. And then um, if, let's say, that there is a brand-new agent that I wanted to connect the lender with, what I would do is I would let that lender know at the lunch meeting that I do have a 1 o'clock uh, meeting, so we needed to end at a one-hour lunch. Um, and then I would have that second person, let's say it was a brand-new agent, I would have them come in, especially if I was trying to recruit them to a wonderful company, Keller Williams for some additional profit share. Um, but I would have them come in and I would connect them to the lender because that is beneficial to the lender for me to connect the lender to a new possible agent that they can work with and for the agent to connect with the lender and then typically excuse myself to the restroom so that they could exchange business cards and then also, um, also ex extend my credibility, like, oh, oh, I'm meeting here with Tara, because that was the whole reason why they're meeting with me anyways, um, and then have a quick coffee, typically about 30 minutes, and let the second person know that I do have another meeting at 1.30, and then I would do another 30-minute coffee, and then right. make sure Every that the third person could connect to the second person. Right, like a home inspector, maybe a small builder, maybe a title company, yeah, absolutely. Correct. Yep. I think that's wonderful. Um, you know, I just want to shed some light on on the, what you're saying because, uh, you know, you had a great advantage, and I want to make sure everyone hears that. You had a great advantage by already being in the industry and knowing people. I have to tell you that I do not have that advantage. And when I first started doing it, I had to find the right place to, you know, have it be on my ground. Um, I've since found it. And what I do when I walk in is I give them – I give the um, hostess a um, index card telling them who my next clients are, and um, and I say, okay, it's Susie Q, and she's a realtor, and and Sarah, and she's a lender, and so and so, and they're this, and and let her know, you know, when they are, and that way, when they walk in, they go, oh, you must be. You know, so and so, so that lends to that more credibility as well. Not just the intro, you know, to bringing someone by. And now what they do is they come over to the table and say, uh, Jennifer, hey, listen, excuse me, real quick. I just wanted to let you know that your one thirty appointment is here. So. <laughs> 
It's kind of cool. Um, that's so I, oh my gosh, that's great. Um, and so then they go back and they go, you know, she's just finishing up with someone else. She'll be with you in just a second. So it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, but you know, it'll it'll take a little bit of time if someone doesn't have you know connections. But but it doesn't take very much time if you you know have a chat with them and don't just go there and you know do this stacking thing on your own. Make sure that the people that work there know that you know my plan is to come here every week. You know, could I could I just reserve that spot every week? Um, but and that'll hold you accountable to making sure you get them done too. You know. Oh, absolutely. I think you could always. You don't have to necessarily already have a spot where you already have that credibility. I think you could build that anywhere you go, but you have to be consistent with it and right. just making sure you're always there. And if you say you're going to be there for lunch, even if you sit down at the bar and bring your laptop and um, or just make it your office. Um, and but being consistent with it, I think, and being fun because typically whatever time of day you go is going to be the time of day that the same staff is usually working. Right. Yeah. Good key point. Yeah, because then you know everybody, and and it's uh, it's where everybody knows your name. That's awesome. Yeah. So you think one of that that's one contributor. How do you think that resulted in business for you? That created business for you. Um, I would say that it resulted in business for me, just letting them know that there was something else that I could add of value to uh -huh. to them um, besides the other things that I was already had done for them in the past. So now I was just able to add in the real estate aspect um, and be able to help them. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so that's one thing that contributed to your success. What else? What else has um, Michael taught you that you're um, implementing that you feel has been beneficial for your success, or that you've done on your own? Definitely the events. <laughs> right. Um, the, Michael's big on events, and I, it's been a little bit in the making in order to really narrow it down and keep it simple. Like mm -hmm. you know, we get in this. I think we get in this mindset, like, do an event, and it's like, oh, my God, where do I start? It has to be big, and it has to be grand, and um, and then you're not, I don't like to use the word overwhelmed, um, per my previous coach, James Shaw. I actually have to use the word fascinating. <laughs> so it can be very <laughs> fascinating when, you know, it's, it's, it's a big ordeal, and I think that it needed, I needed to narrow it down and just think simple. You know, what is simple, and just keeping it three to four events per year um, and being consistent with it and throwing in little things here and there, um, like an I love you a latte event, um, partnering up with I Starbucks for that. Valentine's Day. Yeah, I, I love that I love you a latte. Yeah, it's super cute. I, I know that um, Toral does that for mm -hmm. consistently for the year. I, I kind of just like it for the Valentine's Day, February event, you know, a card in the mail type of thing. Um, but one thing that's been super beneficial has been the housewarming party that we've been right. hosting for our buyers. So you're doing you're doing the I love you a latte, um, you know, which is we should probably explain what that is. Where you just it's kind of you know it, what do they call it? So it's like, it's like a flash mob, right? You just kind of decide you're going to have it <laughs> at a place. Yes. And whoever comes in there gets to you buy their coffee for what an hour, an hour and a half, no matter whether whether you know the person or not. Basically, yeah, and I've seen I've seen a few do that. We actually just do the I love you latte cards with a Starbucks gift card and send those out. I haven't done okay. the ones like at the actual coffee shop, but I mm -hmm. do have an agent um, in my office who follows Michael's system who is doing that similar to what Torrell's doing. Uh, Torrell's doing in um, another area, but I would say that what has been consistent um, would definitely be the Pi Day in November. We invite all of our database 
for pies for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, who doesn't love to drive for pie? <laughs> right. So right. we're basically just calling them and touching base and asking them if they would like apple or pumpkin pie and would they, uh, they can come by any time between 5 and 7 on this day. And we would love for them to stop by and mingle and come pick up the pie or they can get curbside service. We gave okay. out about 124 pies last year last November. Wow, that's awesome. Way to go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we even partnered with, you know, another agent in the office just to mm-hmm. get a better deal with the local farmers, um, a local right. bakery. Right. I mean, I don't look at her as, you know, competition. You know, if we can get a better deal, you have your database, I have mine. Uh, whatever we can do to bring down the cost. Right. And for all intents and purposes, you know, the clients think that the other person might be your assistant and vice versa. They wouldn't Correct. know. They wouldn't know. Yeah, we did um, it as separate days and we actually even used our office as the spot. So it didn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome too. So now and then you do partnering up in, in uh on Valentine's Day, so I imagine that's just uh you know, where you're trying to connect people. It's just a connection day Correct. for everybody. Yeah. Just asking who do you want to be connected with and how can I help? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. And then we're going to do, um, we do actually doing a barbecue. I was going to do every August, but actually um, our branding is a flamingo. So we are, National Flamingo Day was actually last week. So every year to be consistent, our barbecue for our client appreciation day will be on National Flamingo Day. That's that is so fun. cute. Yeah, that's really cute. You know, tell everybody why you chose the flamingo. I thought that story was really great. And, you know, not that everybody should go out and do flamingos, but, you know, (laughs) because then they they saturate your idea, but maybe something that, you know, would touch them. Um, I I actually got the idea from my favorite color has always obviously been the color pink, and I did a charity event for my birthday last year, and I was wearing a pink dress, and I had some girls walk up to me because it was open to the public, uh, for the Humane Society, and they said, well, you must be Tara because you're wearing pink. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is genius. This is totally working. And um, to be consistent with the branding, I thought my family's had the great Florida Homes team name for a long time. And as I was looking, you know, flamingos actually stand for elegance and beauty, but their symbolism um, would, would be that, that they are the bird that is the most social in their category and also the bird that lives the longest. Um, and I thought that that was very interesting, which tied in for exactly who we are and what we represent. We obviously want to um, show that we are family-oriented. We're a family, but we also want to live longer. Right, right. Well, and you will because of the community. That makes you live longer anyway. That would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, like, I don't want them to see. So the goal is, you know, not to see a flamingo and, and just think of us as your real estate agents, you know, to help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate, but really to be your resource. You know, who do you know? Do you need a great lender that we can connect you with? Do you need an awesome painter? Do you need an electrician? You you can't get into that restaurant or that restaurant's full of reservations. What, I I can take care of it. What do you need that I can help you with? Right. And that, you know, that's also very interesting to sort of move it away from the the constant support of, you know, being a realtor and saying who wants to buy a house, who wants, to, you know, I, I think that that's really good that you're you're stretching that a little bit. Yeah, I think that, you know, we're a real estate resource. And, obvi- and I also think that the number one reason to call your database is to invite them to an event. Right, right. And that's something Michael does. And so, you know, that's where your plan is for four, you know, four times a year. For three months, you're spending time um, dealing, uh, not dealing, uh, 
take for three or four months for the three months of that time your your uh, focused energy is on the event who's going to be on the mailing list setting up the 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 event who are your vendors what's your budget like um, what what do you need to have there what tchotchkes need to have there inviting people reminding people calling people to come and then the other half of it is the follow-up and thanking them for coming correct and mm -hmm. you know sorry you didn't make it to this one we're having our next one here when, when you think you could put it on your calendar you know that kind of thing um, and that makes the phone call just much easier to your clients so much easier and, yeah. and really just thinking like I'm the item of value and what can I bring them that they will come to me? Um, and it comes, I think it always circles back to, are you telling people you appreciate them or are you showing them that you appreciate them? Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a great point, telling versus showing. That's exactly yeah, what you absolutely. know. Yeah, cool. Um, so about the housewarming, what are you doing in the housewarming world these days? So the housewarming parties have been typically when we've, done both sides of the transaction for when we help them sell and purchase. However, I just closed one um, that we sold their home, but I even just moved them into a rental, but I'm still going to throw them a housewarming party because I know we're going to be purchasing in the next year and I value them as clients. Um, and what the housewarming is, is we, we're just there as their caterers. They invite all their friends and family, whoever they would like to invite. I provide them with the invites. And I invite um, typically 20 neighbors. Right. The 10, 10, 20. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. Usually like the 10, 10, 20. 10 to the side, 10 to the, you know, the other side, 20 in front. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And those are, yep. those are super easy to pull. Um, and obviously yep. the lender who closed the transaction is our biggest sponsor for the mm -hmm. event. Um, and they also join us for the event as well. Great. And so what is your lender doing for you in that event? Are they dropping the, walking the neighborhood and, and doing the invites to the neighbors? Are they providing you with the invites? Are they licking, sticking, stamping the invites for your homeowner? <laughs> no. Are they uh, the greeter at the meeting, you know, or do they just provide you with cash that you used for food or how do you do that? Typically, the lenders so far have been the ones who have been purchasing the food. Um, that cost has been anywhere from 500 to 750 mm -hmm. um, And that was that's pretty much all I'm asking them for. And also to be present at the event and to help set up and act as a caterer along with mm -hmm. me. Um, and then we do a, a little intro, I mean, a little um, introduction towards the end when we give away door prize forms you know, local gift certificates that we raffle off. Um, right. And we will thank the family, I'll introduce the lender. And it's quite fascinating to see that um, after they will, the, there have been people who have walked up to the lender individually to say, hey, um, by the way, you know, thanks for helping this family, but I also would love to know more about what can I get qualified for. And mm -hmm. um, the second to last event that I just did was with, um, our lender, Derek Vertig, with Primary Residential, and he even had a few people walk up to him um, as soon as after. And they didn't even walk up to me. They walked up to him. And I was right. like, oh, look at that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was basically, yeah. yeah, and he brought his spouse, too. And I think it shows that you're, like, a, you're a family guy and, you know, you're a human. Right. You're not too right. scary. Yeah, I think that, and I think that's really um really important. So now you capture, uh, you know, the neighbors, the friends and whatnot on the drawing card. What do you do afterwards to ensure that that relationship keeps moving forward or that dating starts happening? Well, I do provide the, the list of the lender um, and then they have a checkbox for the ones who are asking for the 
info yeah. on current interest rates, also a box for who is looking to know the value of their home and any right. referrals that they have. So those are going to come priority over just the ones who just came and didn't fill out those boxes. Yeah. Um, so we're basically putting them into our CRM. The ones who are really ready now, um, the lender, those are the lender's top priority to follow up with. Right. Right. Okay. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, and I thought I had another question for you about that, but I was just um, curious. Oh, I wanted to know if you had a charity aspect to the event when you do the housewarming oh, parties. Okay. I do too. And that's, that's what it could, so could you share with us some examples of some of the housewarming, I mean, the uh, charity events that you've used in the past? Um, yes. So one of them has been the Humane Society. Um, uh -huh. And another one has been the Veterans as well. Yeah, especially if your client you know, is you a veteran. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I think it's good to like support local businesses and also you know charities. And I think that that's something. I think the charity aspect is a must for any and all events, mm -hmm. no matter I think what. So too. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I think, you know, that'll give people some more information, you know, and some more ideas to, and maybe some more detail. So thank you for going into so much detail. We really, really appreciate that. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to share about what you do that you feel makes you very successful other than partying? Sounds like you're having lots of fun. <laughs> yeah, party your way to referrals. Um, That's right. I would say the, the happy anniversary calls um, are really big. Yeah. The, you know, letting, letting know it's happy anniversary. It's really cool to hear as well. My family, when they're making happy 15 year anniversary and happy, you know, 18 year anniversary. And for me, it's more of happy one year and two year. Um, right. But of for that, right. Like, yeah. Right. Of home ownership. And I think that that's, um, I think that that is, is memorable and, and just staying in touch with them. Yeah. I think that's great. Okay, well, thank you for sharing all of that. We appreciate that. So the last thing that I wanted to just talk about, if you don't mind sharing, is that, you know, obviously majority of my listeners are loan officers or managers, and their, you know, goal is to create more relationships with realtors, um, help realtors increase their business, you know, bring value, like maybe bringing these ideas. Maybe these, you know, many many realtors aren't going to the extent that you are, maybe bringing these ideas to them. So if, if you kind of think about back when you were, brand new um, and the number of real or loan officers that were saying they wanted to um, touch base with you, you know, they wanted to meet you versus what you're experiencing now. Can you give us an idea of, you know, how to get your attention as a rising star and then how to get your attention as a superstar um, in ways that, uh, you know, loan officers can feel like they're giving value rather than, um, you know, just trying to feel it. They don't want to be perceived as begging for income or begging for uh, referrals or business. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I would say that in the beginning, it was more of who was in-house for the market center as well as who my family already had relationships with. That at first, I felt that those were the people that I had to go to. And I was always being hit up, I feel like, for others that were like, hey, well, you know, try me, try me, try me. And I always had said, no, I only have one person. But then I started to think, you know what, there may be some others that I would love to do business with and work with. Um, and so I started to go out and interview them myself. It's kind of like in the beginning – as a top real estate agents when I, you know, wasn't even in that category in that realm and be able to interview top agents and ask them, 
you know, what did you do or what advice do you have for somebody who's brand new and starting out in this business? Or what would you do differently in doing the same thing for lenders and going out there and just kind of meeting with them for like the mm-hmm. social day? The, the ones that stood out to me the most um, in the beginning, and I would say even, even now, are the ones who aren't car salesmen. The ones right. who come across as, you know, honest and sincere, um, but also that have a sense of urgency. Um, and they even, you know, the call to check in, but they're not always asking me just for business. Right. They're truly, you know, checking in. So um, are you get, do you have people that are cold calling you on Mondays, you know, saying, hi, I'm checking in. Did you, you know, how was your weekend? Did you play or work? Do you have people yeah. that are doing, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, so. a, there's a coaching company that, that pushes that for loan officers. So that's why I was asking if that's happening. Um, so what is going to be something that someone, other than being genuine, if you're willing to talk to them, so let's say someone called and said, you know, hi, I, I just want to introduce myself, you know, we haven't had a chance to work together, would you be interested in grabbing some coffee or whatever? What, what is your response going to be to that and how, what, what's going to be the better way to, to attract your attention if that's not a good way? Um, you know, I think I think that that way is getting really old. <laughs> yeah, I think me. so too. Because I'm just like, oh, great, and then I'm and then I'm dreading not dreading it. But when something comes up during my day, you know, I have other things that I'm like, well, I need to finish this. Like, I already know what this is going to be. It's going to be a, a pitch about why I should work with them, and I don't want to go to coffee right now. I have things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the most interesting way that I had a lender um, earn my business was he started the relationship by giving me a referral. Right. Um, and that was, that was pretty interesting. And then the other ones were, they were getting personal. They were, we were, they were calling me or inviting me out to events um, or connecting with me or just dropping. They were relentless. Like everywhere I turned, they were, they were there. They had <laughs> and a got to the point where, yeah, it, it worked, you know, and sometimes I'm like, oh, they're back again. But then once they, the second, the ones that gave up, that had already tried a few times and got denied, you know, they were just gone and never came back. But the ones who kept pushing through and just never gave up after the point for me being annoyed, um, I, I tried them out because I was like, you know what, this person is so relentless that they're 100%. I have, I mean, I not only feel obligated, but I also want to work with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you bring up a really good point, you know, and that's in, in traditional sales, you know, the, that the person who makes the call at least five to nine times is the one who gets the sale, right? And so a lot of people just kind of give up beforehand. So tell us what you love. So how many lenders are you working with? One or three or five or how many are you really working with? And what do you love about what they do? Um, Currently I'm working with two to three. Um, I'd like to keep it generally just at two. I don't believe in putting all your eggs in one basket, but I do think it's important to be able to give others at least two to three options for them to choose as well for any type of company it is, any type of vendor. Um, so I would say that how I'm sure asking, what do I like about most? What do they do? Was that the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it that you um, love that they do for you or with you? I love that they answer my phone call late at night and on the weekends. Um, but even if they're busy, they at least will answer to tell me that they're in the middle of something. Um, I definitely, definitely like that. Um, I like that they'll call the check-in, uh-huh. not even when it's for business. You're just calling it generally just check-in to see how everything's going um, and if there's anything that they can help me with. And 
if there's anything that I would like to do that's coming up that they, they could sponsor. Um, and the other thing would be that they're attending events with me, meaning not just like the events that I'm hosting. If there's like a local event in the area, you know, they'll make an effort to go if they see that we're going. Right. Right. You're palling around with the networking so that you get, you can introduce one another to people. Absolutely. Yeah, Would basically. You, and I think, I think it's important to remember that, you know, the relationships are a two-way street. So as much as I, you know, all real estate agents, you know, want referrals, I mean, I would think that most of these people are coming to lenders basically usually always working with an agent or most of the time working with an agent. So I think it's important for real estate agents as well to be asking the lender for a referral. And I don't think that it should be one time a year. I mean, it has to be you know, a few times a year um, to be able to ask for a referral as well. Right. Well, and I think the activities that you're doing, it's it then, you know, moves itself beyond, you know, you gave me a referral, I gave you a referral. Instead, let's go get them together. Yeah. You know, let's let's do some activities together. So when I have my client appreciation party, you get to be invited, you know, you're going to be invited as well. Um, when we have these, these uh, you know, special events and things, you know, you're going to be able to participate. I want you to participate. And it really does develop into a, more of a friendship than, than a business relationship, even though, you know, business is associated with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a great point. Definitely, definitely a two-way street. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, so as we start wrapping up, tell us, um, is there anything that you'd like to share with us as we've been kind of going through all these different things here, talking about, you know, what was the tipping point for your success, um, you know, what your team looks like, uh, you know, how can lenders put some value in, and, and certainly sharing your, your um, uh, events sort of calendar and activities with us. Is there something that we have not tapped on that you think would be um, priceless for us to hear? Um, I guess the, the biggest thing would just be to be consistent. Um, I think that that's key, and we strive to, to work. I try to work on that every single day. Um, just to be consistent and just picking dates for what you're going to stick with, I guess, for the whole year, and then planning maybe the other little events around it, like a housewarming party. Um, but starting small and just kind of just keeping it simple. I feel like simplicity is key, and we just get so caught up because it's like the – the squirrel analogy, you know, yeah. what's next, or this is over here, or this $80 a month thing is going to save my life, or, you know. Right, um, when someone has something cute. my problems. Yeah, someone has something cute. Yeah, you know, and that, that actually happened today. Someone, and not to me, because I'm, I'm beyond the shiny object syndrome. I like taking taking everything in, putting in a parking lot, the, analyzing it and saying, hey, that might be something I can institute next year. But um, a uh, one of the people on my uh, team got some shot glasses, although I'm not totally on board with this, but got some shot glasses and put the little travel um, vodka in the shot glass <laughs> and then <laughs> and then provided a pack of sugar and something else for a lemon drop shooter, right? And um, and then packaged it up in a cute little whatever and, and is handing out saying, hey, just give me a shot. Right. And oh, there was, that's cute. it's cute. Yeah, it's really, it really is. It's really cute. Just give me a shot. And, um, uh, somebody in the office said, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I'm going to go order some, some of these things now. And I just thought, oh my gosh, th see, that's where you make, you know, it's a really cute idea. I have to kind of think, do mm -hmm. it. Do I want to be giving out alcohol? You know, eh. you know, there's other parts to it that we want to think about. And I, and I think that, um, what you're trying to say in this is, you know, don't have the knee-jerk reaction. Don't follow the shiny object or say, yeah, no. um, you know, yeah. decide whether or not it's going to work, you know, for you in your business. And, you know, and I think that's the most important thing. 
You know, no question. Yeah, keep it simple. Yeah, and you've said that a couple of times. I wrote down kiss. I don't know how many times. Keep it simple, stupid, right? It don't don't make yeah. it all fussy. Just just do it. Um, make sure your heart's behind it. Make sure you know exactly what um, what your intent is with it. You know, and if it's just to get to know people better so that they know who you are, I think that's great. And we started this conversation that way is I know what you do. You're a realtor. I just don't know who you are. And I can't trust you and um, refer you until I know that. It's that no like, and trust part. You know, I might, I might like mm-hmm. you. I know what you do. But I can't really trust you until I know who you are. And I think that that's, um, that's really what Michael Mayer is about, by the way. It's all about the generosity. Yeah. You know, I have to agree with that. Yeah, Absolutely. we want to know who you are. You know, without what you do, I know what you do, but who are you? <laughs> who are you, and who do you serve? You know. <laughs> yeah, and I think that comes back to like, are you telling people you appreciate them, or are you are you showing them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And showing them is by, you know, including them, especially nowadays, you know, and I know you're, you're in the uh, millennial generation, you know, and I I think the FOMO, the fear of missing out, you know, is a real Mm -hmm. big issue for people, no matter what generation they're in. But that right there can get you business just because they don't feel like they're not being included. And for them, that's a big yeah. deal. I, if for whatever reason it is. And, and I mean, look, it is forever, all of us, right? We never want to be the last one picked for the team. Fear of missing out. Um, so it's the same kind of concept. Well, it's been it's been absolutely wonderful talking with you, Tara. If there's um, anything that uh, anyone has a question on or anything, how could we reach you? What is the best way for us to get in touch with you? And so the, my best number uh, would actually be my personal cell phone, which would be nine five four six six one six nine nine zero, and my email address is Tara at greatfloridahomes.com. And those would typically um, be the two best ways to get a hold of me. Okay, awesome. So, you know, as people listen, once in a while someone will reach out and just say, you know, you said this one thing, but I didn't quite get it. Would you mind, you know, sharing it with me? Um, so so sometimes that happens, and, and we appreciate you being open to, you know, helping any one of our listeners just get a few more details ironed out with what you had to say today. So thank you so much for, uh, for taking some time out of your busy, busy, busy schedule um, to share with us on Mortgage Lending Mastery. And next time... Thank you so much for having me. I'm hoping to get a copy of your book. Oh, you will. You will. Yeah, you definitely will. You definitely will. Thank you. Of course, anybody who, who has taken the time to help me grow, I will definitely um, reciprocate. That's what the generosity generation is. So, um, you know, next time uh, that you're, you know, listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery, if you uh, think about going up and putting up a review for us, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, as the date of the recording of this uh, this particular podcast, uh, my book will be le- released tomorrow uh, for pre-sale, and hopefully by the time this all comes out, um, you'll have a copy in your possession already. And just as a reminder, it's the book is called Launch, Stop Talking, Take Action, How to Take Your Business to New Heights You Never Dreamed Imaginable. So thank you again for listening in on Mortgage Lending Mastery, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.